Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol How. Are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is November 2nd, 1996. Yeah, it is. Happy Halloween to everybody that, that had a... Did you have a good Halloween? I got a tummy ache. Oh, yeah? Just from the candy? You know. Right. I ate too much candy. I always eat too much candy. Yeah, that's a problem. It's a problem in this household. It's awesome, though. We I need, love Halloween. We need more kids to come to our... <laughs> Our new apartment door. Right? Yeah, I guess maybe like four bags of candy was too much. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, two of those were were bought with you in mind. So. <laughs> but I hope you all had a good Halloween out there. Now, uh, more spookiness. The election's coming up next week. <sighs> so, gear up for Clinton versus Bob Dole. Yay, politics. We're not going to really talk about politics because yeah, I know. Sorry to talk about politics, everybody. <laughs> Everyone hates when I talk about politics. We should but, talk about religion, too. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's talk about Jerry Falwell. What? What? <laughs> what is that? You don't know who Jerry Falwell is? No. He's a, a preacher, dude. Oh. Anyway, so like popular since the 80s. He was Ronald Reagan. I'm not, I don't want to talk about I'm not talking about politics. Okay, okay. How about this? Here's a here's a, an article for you, Carol. What's up? Some people just don't want kids. So what's the problem? Dear Ann Landers. It's your favorite. It's Ann Landers. I hate her so much. I am 21, have been married a year, and have no desire to have children. Many people have said to me, you're too young to know what you want. Later in life, you will wish you had children. This makes me mad because I do know what I want. (laughs) In fact, both my husband and I have taken measures to be sure I don't become pregnant accidentally. Ooh, that sounds like some surgery. Uh, Sounds pretty serious. I love my life the way it is, and I don't want children to mess it up. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Guess you shouldn't have kids. Right? Why is there so much prejudice against couples who decide to remain childless? Because the entire, like, purpose of our species is to have more more of us. (laughs) Of all species, really. I have plenty of reasons for not wanting children. For starters, they're incredibly expensive. Secondly, parenthood is a lifetime responsibility. And what about the violence, drugs, peer pressure, and worsening school conditions that kids have to deal with every day? I don't want to bring a child into this world. Where does she live? Don't get me wrong. (laughs) She lives on the the rough streets of Dover, Delaware. Okay. Don't get me wrong, Anne. I like kids. I just don't want my own. I love the freedom I have because there are no kids in the picture. My husband and I will never walk the floor at night waiting for teenagers to come home, wondering if they're in trouble or dead in a ditch somewhere. Someone traumatized their parents, I think. (laughs) People shouldn't look down on those of us who choose not to have children, yet I feel they do. Childless in, and happy in Pennsylvania. Okay. What do you think, Carol? Um, I She's think... very strong. She has very strong opinions. 
Yeah, I think that at 21, it's okay for her to not want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too early. Enjoy your life right now, sure. sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she won't want kids later. I think people are assholes for giving her a hard time about it. Agreed. But I agree that it's like you have no idea yet. It's a personal decision for everyone. Yeah. And some people don't want to have kids and not everyone should have kids. Some yeah, people, she kind of sounds like one of those people that shouldn't. Some people definitely shouldn't have kids. But also, like you said, at 21, your brain's not even like fully developed yet, right? Yeah, I mean, she just got to start drinking. <laughs> like, yeah. don't get pregnant. Just because you've been married a, whole, a year Woo-hoo. and you're 21 doesn't mean you need to start popping out kids. It's not 1941. Right. So, yeah, I... Uh, I think that now to the broader issue, though, do you think there's a prejudice against people that don't well, want to have kids? I mean, OK, developmentally, the task, that developmental task that is assigned to a person mm-hmm. in their, you know, middle age, like in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Sure. Is to give back. Mm hmm. And generally, that's by having children. Okay. As long as... our society with some more of you. Right. And as long as um, they find some other way to give back to society, that's fine. Mm. Otherwise, they're not fulfilling the developmental task, and they're probably going to be overly selfish people. Ah, okay. So, uh, find a way to give back, Pennsylvania. Why don't you... Help the Steelers uh, win a Super Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I'm not going to talk about sports either because people hate when I talk about sports. But wait, wait, what did Ann Landers say? Neil O'Donnell. Neil, uh, she said that, that it's a, a very personal decision and everyone can do what the fuck they want, essentially. Okay. She, didn't have the, she didn't have the incisive insight of... The developmental task assigned to you or anything like that. (laughs) What she said doesn't fucking matter, Carol. We got the real answer from you. That's right. Fuck Ann Landers. So, no one has for 50 years. (laughs) So, this week, we we didn't... We're not going to talk about TV show. Because we have a lot to talk about with the movie that we saw this week. But because we saw a movie all about love <laughs> and murder, we decided to, or whatever, suicide. We, you, it's, it's Romeo and Juliet. You know the story. Yeah. We decided that uh, we're going to grace you with another edition of Massive Love. Yay. L- love me massively. <laughs> uh, so, first one, Carol. <clears throat> Mission is possible. Okay, are missionary. You a, are you a tall? <laughs> are you a tall twenty-seven to thirty-five-year-old intelligent, attractive male? If no. so, the CIA and a single black female have a mission for you. Oh my! Call for further details. <laughs> is this is this cute or is this is this how the CIA is really recruiting people? <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is the beginning of some kind of weird sex game. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, she's going to want him to, I don't know, infiltrate her perimeter and oh God. and read her briefs or whatever. I don't know. 
It's going to be like True Lies. There you go. Yeah, we did that movie, didn't we? Mm-hmm. True Lies. We did. Where Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger are married, and they're like he's a spy, and she doesn't know. And yeah. Arnold's like, I- I'm married to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> My, I-, I can't pronounce our daughter's name. It's it's a legion <laughs> How about money makes our lives comfortable? Um, I mean, that sounds true. What a what a what a way to start your your ad, though. Money makes our lives comfortable. Love gives our lives meaning. Christianity, not the rules you know, but the love you show. I believe in maintaining the bridges that connect our lives. I thoroughly enjoy the beauty which man creates with God through talent, skill, art. Antiques, architecture, landscape, etc. What the fuck? White female, 42, would like white male, 40 to 55, of similar belief for companionship. But what is the belief? The belief is that uh, the beauty that man creates with God through talent, skill, art, antiques, architecture, landscape, etc. That's... um. That's a hippy dippy person who lives she, on a commune. I think she wants the the bri- to maintain the bridges that connect our lives. Is that like the George Washington Bridge? I'm I'm like we're in Michigan, so the Mackinac Bridge, the Ambassador Bridge. I'm kind of horrified by this ad. It's weird, right? I mean it it seems like it, they're recruiting for some kind of cult. You say yeah, we're recruiting for the CIA, and now we're recruiting for cults. Because she starts out by saying money makes our lives comfortable and then goes on about Christianity. It's very weird. She she defines Christianity as not the rules you know, but the love you show. I think they're starting a new nation. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's a blast from the past. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> I don't know where he's been. Well, he must have got his people and started his nation. I guess. Here's one for me. Well, I mean, is it now? No. <laughs> but Do we I have mean, to have a talk. No, but I I mean, I like bodybuilding. So this is this is bodybuilder, attractive European, single white male, 30, trilingual, non-smoking, non-drinking, enjoy reading, writing, C-span. <laughs> Seeking sincere, warm-hearted angel. This guy sounds boring as fuck. Yeah, a little bit. He's in the gym all the time watching C-SPAN on one of those those Zenith TVs bolted to the wall. <laughs> those giant 400-pound televisions. And he won't even try to order you wine in some annoying foreign language Does, because he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke, doesn't drink. What do you do? <laughs> okay, Adamant. <laughs> <laughs> he bodybuilds. Guy's got to be in great shape, though. He's European too, so it's it's like it's like another Arnold, but Arnold smokes. Arnold smokes those cigars, big old cigars. You know, I don't think it's as impressive when a European speaks three languages because. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's like imagine every state in the United States had its own language. No, I know why because because three European languages equals American. <laughs> well, basically, but I mean, like they're all. <laughs> Your languages are fucking worthless. No, I mean, they're all very similar. So it's not like learning three full languages. It's like 
adding on. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, reading uh, a dictionary for slang. What if you're German, though? What if you are? Well, those aren't similar. Like that's because I assume what you're talking about it's like Italian and French and Spanish and Portuguese. Yes. Yeah, but German's different. Like, uh, Feierzeug. But what if it is? They didn't say. What are you talking? What? They didn't say what languages. So what if they speak Spanish, Italian, and French? No, actually, what he speaks is English, Esperanto, and uh... oh yeah, he does have to speak English. Yeah, one of them's English. <laughs> English, Esperanto, and Klingon. (laughs) Nobody speaks Klingon. Come on. How about this? There's a book. There's a book, like, Learn Klingon or whatever the fuck. That's so ridiculous. But who's actually going to do that? I don't know. Dorks. Uh, People that have those books that are like... uh, the the Starship Enterprise and it's like, in in this episode, uh, they go to those conventions and they're like... Uh, Patrick Stewart, in this episode, you went down to Turbo Shaft 4, but Turbo Shaft 4 doesn't go all the way down to <laughs> to 10 forward. It's, it's I, I can see in the concordance here. That it, yeah. Wow. Exactly. How about this one? Happy to be nappy? No. Question mark. Ann Arbor area, single white male. By the way, 29 seeks single black female. With courage to be a natural woman, weave queens needn't apply. This dude's white, single white male, 29, and he starts out his his thing by saying, happy to be nappy. And then, Holy shit. And then has the audacity to tell single black female, females, you can only call me if you have the courage to be a natural woman, Weave queens needn't apply. No one's going to apply. You, you'll be lucky if you don't get your ass beat. Seriously, dude. Say that to a black woman. Go to a beauty parlor and say that to a black right. woman's face. Oh, my God. Those fingernails are coming off faster than you can <laughs> run. Because, yeah, rings and fingernails are coming off because you're getting your ass beat. What a dick. Happy to be nappy, question mark. Fuck you. By the way, do, you know, if you want to have natural hair as a black woman or, or anyone, do what, you, do what you want. If you have, if you want to have weave, that's, if that's what you want, do what you want to. Right. If you want to put an astringent in, who gives a fuck? It's your hair. For sure. Like, what kind of... I mean, I know that when you're looking for someone, you're trying to, to like, give what your personal preferences are, so there's a little bit of judgment in there, kind of, but... I mean, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck with someone's hair? I just don't understand. Who cares if they have a weave? He's an ass. Absurd old black male. Really? <laughs> Mid-50s, beer belly, big feet. What is happening? And silly grin. What? <laughs> Needs younger black female, 35 to 45, neat and sharp, to form a couple Ha ha! With exclamation points. Holy shit! No. So someone forgot to give Grandpa the medication, (laughs) and he put an ad into the paper. What is this? I'm scared. Bill Cosby writing this. (gasps) I've had the same thoughts. Absurd old absurd, but it's absurd absurd 
comma. So he's absurd and old black male, mid fifties. So he's he's saying that's old. I love this too. Beer belly, big feet. What's What's he trying to imply I there? Know. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I was like picturing like a clown, you know, with like big <laughs> <like>, clown shoes. <laughs> it's Black Bozo the Clown with a horn. Well, he said he's absurd. Oh my God. He's got big feet, though. You know what that means? Big socks. Yeah, but so you got to be able to get to that point where the feet matter. That's why he's putting it out there. He's got a silly grin. He wants a younger, a younger black female. They all want a younger female. Thirty-five. Well, thirty-five, forty-five is not bad if he's if he's like fifty-five. Well, he says mid fifties. So, what's that? Fifty-four, fifty-five, fifty-six, fifty-seven. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Just got to be neat and sharp, though. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, way to pull out the uh, those that slang from. Uh, uh, help me play with the ball and the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> to form a couple. And then he laughs at the end. Ha ha. What the, what's funny about this? Right. Are you playing a trick on us? <laughs> right. Is this whole thing been a prank? I mean, what if there is a girl out there who likes big feet and grandpas and, <laughs> and beer bellies? And I, then she's like, but you laughed at me. <laughs> I thought this was for real. I thought we had something. So weird. Everybody's so weird. Yeah. So those are the, that's that's massive love this week, Carol. <laughs> I take it back. Do not massively love me. Not any of those people. No. Not unless you want to trilingual. I mean, that basically just like sealed the gates. I'll tell you what. The <laughs> He's trilingual, but is he cunnilingual? Oh God. Cunnilingual. That's that's. Is he a cunnilinguist? Ew. Ew. You're a dirty old man. Yeah, okay. I'm not in my mid-50s. But in your heart and your soul, you are. I do have big feet, though. Yes, you do. Good for you. Confirmed. (laughs) Got those clown feet. (laughs) Not that big, Carol. Jeez. Um, Clown knows to go with it. Oh, my God. What does that mean? (laughs) Because it's wide. I got it. I got it. The wideness, too. I understand. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So this week we saw a film. And I'm going to call this a film, Carol. Okay. We did. We did see a film. We saw Romeo plus sign Juliet. It was. Equals. Movie. Awesome. Do you think so? You think it was awesome? Yeah. I love it. I think it was awesome. Okay. So Carol loves it. Romeo plus Juliet. I mean, well, your girl's in there, Claire yeah. Dehanes from uh, from uh, my so-called. Thank life. you. <laughs> my brain stopped working for a second. It's okay. Rand's here to help you. And and uh, the guy from Basketball Diaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was also in that. Uh, what's eating Gilbert yeah. Grape? But like, he looks like and acts like the same character from the Basketball Diaries, kind of. Yes, there are similarities for sure. Especially like when we very first see him and he's wearing like a suit. It reminds me of the funeral scene. Well, he's lanky as hell, man. This dude is, this dude is lanky. Yeah. But you thought about putting him on your list of guys that you could have sex with. Well, yeah, I think he's handsome. Eh, I don't know. He's scrawny. Well, you don't need to have sex with him. 
He's not I'm, going on your list. I'm not going to, so don't worry. <laughs> He'd never have me. Um, <laughs> so, there are, I'm going to say, this is directed by a man named Baz Luhrmann, who four years ago direct, uh, made his directorial debut with a movie called Strictly Ballroom. That predates our show, so we never talked about it. Uh, although it is a decent movie. I've seen it. It's a pretty good movie. He started his career in theater, which makes sense when you watch this movie. There are lots of real bold choices Mm -hmm. in this movie, and I respect it for that. Like, lots of very, very bold choices. So I can see this movie being one of those you love it or you hate it kind of movies. Yeah. And I hate to agree with you, but I loved it. I really thought you were going to say you hated it. No, 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 no. I At the beginning, I was worried. Yeah. Because it starts... <laughs> it does start a little much. It, it starts with a television kind of fading out or, or moving away from us. Mm-hmm. But television exposition from a news person uh, giving us the beginning of Romeo and Juliet, you know, where it's, uh, how, you know, two houses... Uh, both alike in statue, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And and then it cuts to showing us the actors and the city, and it's super quick cut. Like if you've ever seen uh MTV News, mm-hmm. this is very this is very MTV generation uh movie, but it's it's like choo 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 like very quick cut and then we're seeing all the people, and it's saying, it's not saying they're actors' names. No. It's just showing them and saying, whatever, Lady Capulet as the mother, or whatever, you know? What's it say? No, I mean, it says their their names and, like, yeah, I think it says, God, I don't remember now. Doesn't it, it say, like, Juliet's mother or whatever? Yeah. But, yeah, something like that. But it makes it, makes it seem like... What we're watching is a reenactment of a thing that already happened. And during this whole opening, they're saying the same opening again. Like they repeat the opening of Romeo and Juliet twice. Yeah. You know what? I kind of got the impression is that it was like the playbill. It's like you're sitting in your seat waiting for the show to start. Okay. And they're just introducing the characters and everything to you as they would if you were picking up the play to read it or if you were sitting in the audience waiting to watch it. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably what it is. Yeah. But it's weird. It doesn't (laughs) work. The rest of this, the rest of this movie's cinematic. That part is not. Yeah. And it doesn't work. The beginning of this movie, I don't think works. The first. Maybe five minutes. I wish they would have began it a little differently. I wish they wouldn't... They could have just opened with the news coverage and then end, as they end with the news coverage, and that would have been fine. They didn't need this other part. I guess I actually did find it kind of helpful, though, to know who the people were before the action started. I guess. I mean, you might confuse, like, Brian Dennehy and... Uh, like Barbara Hershey, I, I think Barbara Hershey's like lost in this movie, but she's she's Lady Montague. Oh no, she's Lady Capulet. 
That was Barbara Hershey? Yeah. The brunette from Beaches. Yes. What the fuck? Okay, we gotta go see it again. But yeah, she's... I think so. I think I'm saying the right name. But anyway, so she's one of the parents. And then uh, the... Oh yeah, she's she's Lady Capulet. The one who gets smacked around. Yeah, and then there's... there's uh, What's his name? Paul Sorvino, who is a Lord Capulet or whatever. And then the Montagues are Brian Dennehy and Christina Pickles, who was on St. Elsewhere. had no idea where you're going with that so they yeah they, but so I, I can see how you might confuse them is what i'm saying everyone else i think is sort of because they they also introduce them as as they come on they show whoever and they say tybalt mm-hmm. so they That's don't true. so they don't really need to do it again they could just do it the yeah, first time okay for tybalt they say prince of cats yeah, well, he's the Prince of Cats. So I think they're kind of just giving their titles. Prince I don't know. Pussy. Um, you think that's what that means? I have no. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> they never really explain it. I, yeah, I didn't look into the uh, to the Shakespeare play that that much. There was a lot of innuendo that I didn't know was actually innuendo in the Shakespeare play, but it comes across in, in the performances. Pete, yeah, Pete Postlewaite is. Uh, what's his name? Friar uh, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, yeah, uh, young men don't love with their hearts or whatever. They uh, they they love with their eyes. <laughs> and the way he, like, pauses. You know exactly what yeah. he's talking about. He absolutely sells it. That's one of the strengths of this movie is the acting cast is outstanding. Yeah, it it made this play make more sense than mm-hmm. it ever has to me yeah i love I, mean, I just i loved it it came it came alive like in ways that it never has i i i absolutely agree and like i said i think the I, the the casting choices are spot on oh yeah the weakest one might be leonardo dicaprio it, what well as far as shakespearean dialogue delivery you can tell he's not a trained Shakespearean actor. Okay. And his dialogue delivery's good, but it's not mm, it's not quite there. You know who's really good in this? Huh. Is fucking Clueless's brother that she has sex with. Uh what's his name? Paul Rudd. Oh yeah. He because yeah. he plays Paris. In the very few scenes that he's in, I don't know if he's trained Shakespearean like a Shakespearean trained actor or not, but he's really good. He's got the cadence down. Pat and the guy that plays Mercutio or not Mercutio. That's another play. Uh, what's no, his... it is Mercutio, his best friend. Yeah. 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 The guy that plays Mercutio. I think his name is Harold. Uh, yeah. He, he was amazing. He stole every scene. He was in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stole every scene. He was in and spot on. Perfect. Shakespearean delivery. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he has that cadence down. Absolutely excellent. And I mean... I love I love the character and like how he just he manages to be creepy when he wants to be creepy mm-hmm. and not yeah other times and and fun loving and mm-hmm. carefree playful he's he he like you said he steals the show in every scene that he's in he's excellent and DiCaprio is a good actor but he owns those scenes man. <laughs> yeah like that dude owns those scenes he's very I think he's uh, one that's gonna go places oh yeah. Uh, but so, like I said, big bold choices all over the place. Uh, the color palette of this is a, a huge bold choice. It's vibrant, like a box of neon markers. I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely, yeah. The the very bright colors. There's there's filters over almost every shot of the movie where it's either like it's sunset and everything is burnt orange, or the a lot of times you see the Capulets and there's a blue. Like mm-hmm. a slight blue filter over it. It's like they've assigned that color to the Capulets. Their cars are blue. They wear a lot of blue suits. They've hmm. really coordinated this this color. Like he's got a very clear. I think Baz Luhrmann has a very clear idea of what color is associated with this character. What color is associated with this character? It's all laid out. You can tell it's very planned. Though not only just putting the gels on or whatever, and and uh, colorizing. They're you know doing a color grading uh, of different scenes, but it, the way it's set up, it's all pre-planned. Oh yeah, everyone's dressed in a certain way. Uh, everyone's you know like all these colors, like you said, are, are vibrant and popping and, and jump off the screen. And there's a lot of lights, a lot of like neon lights yeah. in oh, some yeah. scenes where like it doesn't really fit, but it looks amazing. Like so they. They made the decision, or Baz Luhrmann made the decision, because I William Shakespeare is a credited writer on this, which is hilarious. But he he wrote it and he wrote, co-wrote it with somebody else and directed this. And I I he it feels like he very much has control of this movie. Mm-hmm. And and even more like Strictly Ballroom's a good movie, but it is not bold in the way that this is bold. And like I said, this is going to turn some people off. I think. But I love the courage of like let's let's just put our stamp on this. Let's go all out, and they the the biggest probably the two biggest choices I think that that they made or he made in creating this is that it's set in modern times, and instead of swords, they're using the sword of the day, the gun, right, which has sword emblazoned on the side <laughs> or dagger emblazoned on the side. But they're using those, but they're not using modern speech pattern. Right. It's Shakespearean words, as we alluded to with the deliveries. It's Shakespearean writing, Shakespearean words. Dialogue, yeah. Dialogue, yeah, thank you. Uh, And modern, everything else is modern. And it elevates this movie. The, this di- the dialogue elevates this movie into something much more than it would be if they decided, let's have them talk like, like people. Oh, yeah, like, that would like, not work. Like modern people now. Yeah, that would be like West Side Story I was or just going to say, then it's just an updated West Side Story, essentially. And that decision, like I said, it really elevates this material to something almost operatic. Yes. And I love the, the set design. 
I love the the whole world that's been created here. We're in Verona. Who the fuck knows where that is? Because it's not in Italy. Everyone's speaking English. It's everything's in. It, there's nothing in the metric units. I don't know where they're at. Well, okay. There's that big statue. Isn't that supposed to be like Christ our Savior or something? Or it's 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 it a called? it's a knockoff of Christ the Redeemer. The Redeemer, which is in uh, Brazil. Oh, yeah, but they're, they're definitely not, not in Brazil. They're not in Brazil. I kind of get the impression it's like Venice Beach or something. Like Maybe. Maybe it is. It seems very American. Yeah. Their their locale seems very inner city American. But, like I said, the all the choices. And there's, there's a European flavor with the Christ the Redeemer thing, with the, some of the gothic sort of architecture. But... Most of the street level stuff feels very American. Right. And I don't know where this film was shot. I 100% think it was in California. Mm-hmm. Because he, when he's banished, he's in the desert. Yeah. And before that, they're on a coast. So it does seem like they're in California. And, but yeah, so I think, I think that was, those were great decisions. Yeah. To, for Shakespearean dialogue. Modern day, it makes it very interesting, the juxtaposition of those two things. Yeah, I mean, from the minute it starts to the minute it ends, like, it's just draws you in. You, you don't feel time passing in any way. Yeah, I didn't, like I said, the first, like, five minutes, I was really worried. And then after that, I just couldn't take my eyes off the movie. It was... It's beautiful. Everything kind of... It, it really does transport you to its world. Mm-hmm. And it really... It, it takes a story you know. Everyone knows how this story goes. But it takes a story you know and gets you really engrossed in it. Even if, even if you don't... I think part of me held back a little emotionally because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But... And I think that's the problem with adapting this, is that, and I really, I was worried. What? I was worried at the end, because the, the problem with adapting this is, it takes a, it, it lessens the blow a little bit when they kill themselves at the end, mm-hmm. or the other way you, you do it is change the end. Oh, no. And I was so worried at the end when Leonardo DiCaprio's got his little vial of poison, and Claire Dane starts moving, or his hands on her hand, and her finger starts moving. I'm like, well, he definitely feels that. And her, your eyes are opening. He hasn't taken the poison yet, all this stuff. I was like, oh, no, don't tell me. Do not tell me that they're going to change it to where he almost takes the poison. She's like, wait, no, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I loved the acting between the two of them, though, in, the, in this scene. In yeah, particular. well, the acting between the two of them is very good all throughout. But yeah, let's talk about this scene in particular. Well, just, I mean, he drinks the poison. She opens her eyes and sees him, and she's just so happy. Like, you can mm-hmm. just feel the, the thrill and the love. She's an excellent actress. In this one look. <laughs> and then when he sees that she is looking at him, but he's now swallowed the poison, just the the shock, the remorse. Like, they both just do such an excellent job conveying so much without any words. Yeah. And then she picks up his gun. And this could this is another thing that's like this is delicate how you mm-hmm. hand, how you handle this, right? 
So she picks up his gun, and they they cut away, and you just hear the shot, which I think's the right yeah. the right call. And then she drops, and you see that the gun uh, made just a little red mark on the temple. When in reality, that gun would have blown a giant oh, yeah. hole. There's just this artistic red splatter of blood. Yeah, but handled appropriately. Yeah. That's what you want to see because in the play, she, she takes a dagger, and that's you know that's not nearly as visceral right. as shooting yourself in the head. And we don't want to see her do that because that's not good. You don't think stabbing yourself in the chest with a dagger is as visceral? I think it's more visceral. Think about. I'm talking about aftermath wise. Oh, okay. Like visually, because. You know, this is like it's a movie, so it's a visual medium, right? Right, right. And we, you can do a, you, you don't have to hide things, or or you can choose not to hide things, in a movie that that you kind of almost have to hide in a play, because in a play you're in a very fixed position, that's your sight line. You know, yeah. you can't get any closer, you can't get any farther away. Movies have the the advantage of being able to show very wide, you know, like views and things like that, very far away views, or super close up. And they could have gotten really in the the ditch mm-hmm. with Juliet in this scene. And I think it was, I think he made the right call. This is the tasteful way to do it. Yeah. And I think it's the tasteful way to end her character. And her Juliet feels different. Not different than, not like she's... Not hitting it, but she it feels like she owns it. Mm-hmm. She really owns this character. Yeah. And in a way that's different than portrayals of Juliet that I've seen. She seems stronger than, I think, previous Juliets. Yeah. It, and I think, that's, I think that's another big strength of this movie is that I don't think she carries the movie. Because like I said, this is, this is an ensemble oh, yeah. for sure. And everyone's doing a ton of work. Uh, even John Leguizamo, and I don't want to say even John Leguizamo, because he's a good actor, too. He was in that uh, Tu Wong Fu, mm-hmm. Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar movie that we saw. But his role, again, is kind of very flamboyant. It's almost one note, right? Because he's out there angry and flamboyant. He's crushing uh, whatever uh, matchsticks under his, his steel-heeled boots. Yeah. And he's all flash, and let's let's get into a fight, and I'm gonna beat your ass, kind of thing. But he really brings a fun energy mm-hmm. to the to this role. Tybalt, yeah, Tybalt. But ev- everyone is great. But she really, she really owns a lot of the scenes that she's in. Oh yeah, and my favorite scene of the whole movie is again her and Leonardo together. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they, they're excellent in the movie together. When they first see each other at the party mm-hmm. through the aquarium, it's just so beautiful. Oh yeah. And, I mean the the just like the little, you know, the flirting and stuff and like my little niece was in the theater with us and she like whispered to me, "Does he love her?" <laughs> it's like I mean it's been like 10 seconds, right. but you already feel it. Yeah, and I love the the staging of all the different beats, it gives a freshness. You know what's going to happen. You know the, you know, uh, what light through yonder window breaks and, mm-hmm. and wherefore art thou Romeo and, and all those stuff. You know the lines. You know the beats. Even if you don't know the play that well, most people know 
those lines, but I love the staging of all the different things. There, it's surprising, but it's not. It's not so out of the ordinary that you're thrown off of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, well, you can really see, you know, they they did something completely different there. It's, you know, it's close enough, but it's, you know, whether it's Leonardo DiCaprio like kind of hanging on the wall <laughs> or or whatever. They, they, I love the staging of all those those different beats from their meeting to the let's get married yeah. kind of thing. And it really, you do feel the, the relationship, you know, kind of lightning fast build. And then like the tension, you, you know, they do a really good job with the tension through the movie. Yep. Even though we know how it ends, you still are like rooting for it. Like right. <laughs> when, <clears throat> When he's out in the desert, he's been banished, and they're trying. The pastor is trying to send word to him, mm-hmm. and he just misses the messenger. It's like you're, you're like, no, like you really think maybe he's going to get to him, but right? When uh, when his buddy Benvolio comes into the the church, it's like Pete Postlewaite, just stop him, right? Say something. <laughs> tell him, hey, she's still alive. Hey, you're going to see Romeo later, right? Just tell him uh, in case he didn't get my message. Just tell him she's still alive. <laughs> There are so many ways it could have been different. <clears throat> that was the dude. That was uh, what's his name, uh, Kobayashi, the lawyer for. Um, I think that was his name. I recognize the name, but I can't figure out. It's from, from the where. Usual Suspects. Oh, okay. We did that movie. Yeah, but yeah, Pete Postlewaite is in that movie too. Well, excellent he, actor. Oh, he's he's really good. He's he's excellent in a lot of things. He's another you know he's a classically trained actor, but yeah. Uh, I would say the the casting's the biggest strength, I think, of the movie. Obviously, the story's a great story. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's stood the test of time. But I really do, I really do, besides that first five minutes, I really do like all the choices that were made. And they're, like I said, they're big, bold choices. This movie easily could have turned into a farce. It could have turned mm-hmm. terrible, but really steady directing hand. And this guy... And it makes sense coming from a tradition in the theater. This guy, Baz Luhrmann, he really knows how to work with actors, uh, clearly. Because uh, he he really knows how to tell to each one of them, you know, this is what's going on in this scene. This is what I want you to do. Like, it, it comes out in the performances. Oh, yeah. You know, another thing we haven't even talked about yet, though, is the music. The music in this movie mm, yep. is another thing that just, you know, I think elevates it. They play um, that love, love fool song. Yeah, I love, love, I love me, that. Love <laughs> I love that, and it, it's that's another that's a popular song, and it's but and that's another the restraint of that is only in for like I don't know ten seconds of mm-hmm. that song, but yeah the the talk about the music the music's excellent too. Well, like in the beginning when you're just meeting the uh, the boys the you know the characters and. They have the, I am a pretty piece of flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives it the tone that they can't give it with the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that's another, you know, that's one way I think they use the music in this movie. Yeah, you're right. The visuals and the music set the tone. And because you, cause you're right, the, di- the, the dialogue is going to give it the tone of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And, and, but like I said, I think that's the juxtaposition of those two things, I think, is what works perfectly. But yeah, the, the visuals and the, the music especially, I think, do set the tone that, that they're looking for. That's an excellent observation. I, I bet you that 
at least two music videos will spring forth from this movie. Right. <laughs> at least. But, and that was the other thing that I was going to say. As bombastic as this movie is in a lot of different areas, I think where it really shines is in its quiet moments. Mm-hmm. The When there's a lot of quick cutting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very good editing choices in this. Uh, but there's a lot of quick cutting. There's a lot of very worth everything's frenetic kind of pace. Mm-hmm. But when the movie kind of, and the movie does take the time to do this, when the movie slows down a little bit, the movie takes its time to breathe, and the movie has some quiet moments, whether it's between the nurse and Juliet, or where the nurse is like messing with her mm-hmm. and everything, or whether it's all the scenes with Juliet and Romeo, or even some of the, like, like I think Brian Dennis, he and Christina Pickles has ever seen in the car that's kind of yeah also like an intimate moment not I mean not where they're being intimate but like it's everything's very quiet and they're they're discussing important things right I think the movie really shines and because the acting shines through there we still have the the color palette of the the movie around to give us to give us this uniformity of feel but I think and the bombastic parts are fun and, you know, good, too. But I think the movie really shines through. The, the greatness of what's going on here really shines through in those, in those intimate moments. Yeah. And, you know, there was the scene with... when After Juliet has married Romeo mm-hmm. and Tybalt has been killed. Right. And she has lost her virginity to Romeo. Mm-hmm. And then her father is coming to tell her, you have to marry Paris. Right. You have like, to marry Paul Rudd. The worst the, the worst thing any woman could hear. <laughs> I, I think it's funny, too, they're showing, you know, he's on magazine covers. He's the Bachelor of the Year. It's like, she should want to marry him. There's no reason for her not to want to marry him. Well, she's in love except, with somebody else. Yeah. And just the, the crazy anger that he gets. But seeing that interaction, it... It felt so much heavier and more real. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it was just because of the you know caliber of the actors or. Well, Paul Servino's an excellent actor yeah. too. He's he's more of like a mob heavy kind of guy, you know, and stuff. But he's he's great too. He was in he was in one of my favorite movies that came out I think in ninety one, or maybe yeah I think it was ninety one. Maybe it was eighty nine. I don't remember. But it was uh, somewhere, somewhere around there. No, it was 91. Uh, the Rocketeer. And the way her, her mother says, you know, I'm done with you. Like, just the flatness. The, like, mom turned off. Mom is gone now. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. That's, I mean, that was honestly, though, the only time in the theater I got choked up at that scene. Mm-hmm. But not when they killed themselves. Well, that's because we know that's coming. Yeah. And but all the kind of little injuries along the way, you might not remember as much. And I think I think that's another place where where the the movie does a great job too, because it it really highlights those things. And yeah, that's I mean, there's there's a lot of really good scenes in this movie. It it's hard to do it justice. I think we could probably talk about how fantastic it is for like as long as it would mm-hmm. take you to watch the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> But this is this is one you don't want to wait to rent. No. Go see this in the theater. Get the full theater experience. I hate going to the movie theater. 
despite the fact that we do this show every week. But I love the popcorn. Don't you love the popcorn? Ugh, I just hate sitting around all those people eating loudly and talking. And You're such a grumpy puss. I know. But anyway, uh, so, but I would, even I would say go see this in the theater. And then see it again. It's and excellent. Maybe even again, because I'm going to. I, you know, I, my only, and I'm not, you know, I know you think I have something against this dude. I don't. Okay. But my only thing here is I think that the dude that plays, that plays, the Harold Pernod that plays Mercutio. Mm-hmm. Going places. Yes. Claire Danes, I think, is going places. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in this in this movie is pretty well established. DiCaprio, though, I don't know. I mean, I think he's he's good in this movie, and he was good in the Basketball Diaries. But as you pointed out, I mean, it's it's similar performances a little bit. I don't know that he. I like him in this movie, and I like him with Claire Danes. They have really good chemistry together. But I wonder how much of that is her elevating him and not them elevating each other. And I just worry that maybe the, I just think that this guy might not have the kind of career that the rest of these people are going to have. I disagree. And the reason I disagree is what's eating Gilbert grape. Okay. I mean, he was fine in that. He was fine. He was amazing. He, he was playing someone with a mental challenge. That's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not the hardest thing Are in the world Are you kidding to me? I'm just saying. I, I think it probably is one of the harder things to pull off tastefully, to pull off well, and he did. And that was a way different character than the other two. I'm just, I was just he was saying, growing he reminded too. me. I mean, of the basketball areas. I mean, it is the same dude. So that makes sense, right? I mean, I'm not trying guess, to insult yeah. the guy. I, I just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what choices he makes. I don't know. I'm not sold yet. That's all I have to say. I, I have one criticism, though. Oh, yeah. Well, interesting. At the end, when Juliet is crying because Romeo died. It's like a whale of a child having a temper tantrum. Oh, yeah. She's not a pretty crier. She's a terrible crier. I mean, God <laughs> love her. Like, she gets the ugly cry. And this, the sound of this one, it was just like. <laughs> she was also like that as Angela Chase. So. Yeah, we saw her cry a lot as Angela Chase. Yeah, she's not a pretty crier. <laughs> I mean, I, I love her. I just think they need to give her fewer crying scenes. For sure. But yeah, I mean that's that's the episode. Go see this. Go see this one in the theaters. It's it's absolutely worth it. Go see it and then write us and tell us how much you love it. Yeah, or yeah. hate it if you do, and then we'll tell you you're crazy. Well, like I said, I think there's going to be some people that are like, don't like, I don't like this at all because it's a lot of bold choices, and that's the nature of making bold choices. It's just so pretty. How do you not love it? I don't get it. It is a very beautiful movie to look at. Yeah. But uh, why don't you tell the people what other beautiful things they could do? <laughs> All right. So, like I said, write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm, yeah, do that. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell your friends. Yeah, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.